Hi, it's Janelle. This is Shade, and you're listening to Fat Pink Cast without Marissa. Without Mar- because Marissa's in Taiwan. Taiwan, a far, far away land, but not really that far. I mean, kind of far. Would you consider that? That's pretty far. Anyway, we have a special guest with us here tonight who's filling in for Marissa. You want to introduce yourself or should we introduce you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Princess Melina Pendulum Online. I am a blogger, Twitter, decently angry black person <laughs> who <laughs> enjoys Sleepy Hollow, even though it be trying me oh, real hard. <laughs> for real. For real. Okay. So I have a couple of ravens. <gasps> First Raven is about the crossover that's apparently still happening. (laughs) (laughs) Trying me. I mean, it looks, it doesn't look bad. It's fundamentally ridiculous, though. It's like of all the shows. Of all the shows we're going to cross over with, it's Bones. Like, yeah. But there is some good stuff. I mean, the partnerships are similar, though I wish it would have been X Files instead, but. You can't have everything, I guess. People are hype about it, though. People are like, because at Comic-Con, people were like, yay, Bones crossover. And I'm like, but it's not like it's the X-Files, guys. Like, Which yeah. would, would be infinitely better and make way more sense. It would make so much more sense. But we've said that before, I guess. But I just, I can't, I can't get over it. I can't get over it that they're still doing this. We'll see what happens. There's some, like, stills out and there's a video clip of um, Nicole and Tom talking about the crossover online right now. They just released it. So there's that. And also, there's another Raven from Casting News. Casting News Raven says Mm -hmm. that Jessica Camacho, who plays Sophie Foster on the show, is now a series regular or has been promoted to a series regular. Who? 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 Yeah. You know the girl Jenny's Chasing? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, she's cute. Yeah. Okay. If they write, if they write that well, I'm not gonna be mad at it. I'm a little worried though, because I'm like, is that too many people that they're adding? I mean, they could always kill off Betsy. They God. could. <laughs> they God could. willing. <laughs> but although I feel like as long as her, as long as she's being used to supplement Jenny mm-hmm. and Joe's storyline, then I'm fine. But. Yeah. I just don't like why is she a series. I, I guess I'm I, I'm curious enough. Like the introduction of her character was interesting enough to me that I am curious to see where her story goes. Although I don't know if that warrants necessarily a series regular. Like what is she going to be doing that would make her series regular? But I'm not gonna fight it because she's a woman of color and her character at least is interesting. Right? Yeah, I think so she's. I will take that. I think she's Latina. If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Especially since we lost Reyes. They need that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Orlando. We have, yeah. like, no man of man of color, with the exception of Daniel, who's not a series regular. Yeah, he is. He was in the credits. He, yeah, he's... Which surprised me, because I didn't know that they were alternating it and i saw him like oh yeah he just got him and um what's his face zach Zach appleman just we're in the credits this past week finally oh my goodness you missed it (laughs) i did miss it okay zach makes sense 
Lance, they're not doing anything with Lance, though. Not anything super interesting yet. I think they know that they need to have him. They need to replace Orlando Jones with a man of color in the credits, and I think that's why he's in there, honestly. Because they know how shady people think of them. They're like, okay, we're just going to put him in there because people want to see color on the show. Yeah. I guess so, because... He's not doing anything else. Yeah, exactly. He's, he really hasn't done, he hasn't done anything else. And unlike Orlando, who was framed as a pretty significant character from the jump, mm-hmm. that has not been happening with Daniel at all, besides the fact that he was Abby's former flame, but then the writers aren't doing shit with that because they fucking suck. So <laughs> there's yeah. that. Okay, do you have any other ratings? Um, not that I can, I'm probably missing something, but yeah, those were the only two that I saw that were really big. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's get to the episode. episode was called The Sisters Mills. Uh, it was written by Heather Rainier and directed by Guillermo Navarro, who's a Mexican cinematographer who has worked with Guillermo del Toro on Ooh. such movies as Pan's Labyrinth. So he was perfect for this episode, mm-hmm. even though it was still a little bit dark in certain spots. Do you want to go scene by scene not really scene by scene but like in order because there were there were intermingling plots and stuff so um, i don't think we need to break down every scene i think we can touch like key points here or there there are uh-huh. certain things like i i do kind of want to talk about um Cranes. like if we're going to talk about these like cute little scenes like what the hell crane is like the worst roommate ever can we like talk playing about video games and just acting a mess. important, like, I don't want to take this test. And it was funny because when they talked about the whole thing about the citizenship test, so I looked up some of the questions that they asked on the test. Yeah. And Ooh. one, it's not all multiple choice. So <laughs> there is that. And there's definitely stuff that he would not know Yeah. Um, from it being a time period. And then the whole thing about, like, the Declaration of Independence. This, that's like, true. Yeah, there's the ratification was actually on July the 2nd. Yes, but then I looked it up, and it's like it was. That's when it was like voted on, but it was adopted as an official document on the fourth, yeah. which is why they celebrate that day, even though it wasn't signed until August second. Yeah, and so it's like, like most people know that already, and it's like him trying to be like, oh, this is just nonsense babbling. Blah, blah, blah. It's like most people know this, dude. Like it's not you're not you're not special. You're not special. <laughs> you went to the Second Continental Congress. Calm down. You still need to know about the Supreme Court and how that shit works because you were not around for that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and how is he bypassing like green card stuff? Is it right. because of Zoe? Probably because doesn't her her brother works in like citizenship re department, whatever yeah, they call it. And then also, Ichabod's a white man, so... I, that's true. <laughs> I imagine true. he's going to have an easier time of it than if his name was, like, Pedro, and he was from Mexico. <laughs> or, like, Mohammed or something. <laughs> Mohammed, right. Yeah. And, I, and I wondered, like, he doesn't have any documentation proving that he... Like, I know they made up some stuff, but, like, 
He doesn't have a passport. He doesn't have any sort of security to show that where he's lived, where he's worked for the past 200 years. Right. So I'm just wondering, like, what? Ichabod basically has a pretty easy time. Like, he could be having a really, really hard time considering the fact that he's a man out of time. But he has Jenny formulating documents for him. He has Zoe helping him skip lines. Abby's put him up. And he's playing video games and drinking soda and not studying for his immigration test. It's super hard for most people to do. <laughs> yeah. He's such a brat. I just want Abby to be like, okay, I'm kicking you out. <laughs> right. And let's talk about the Zoe because like, all right, here's the thing. I don't, I don't inherently dislike her because she reminds me of that redhead that got killed last season. Right. I think they're trying to do a second, a 2.0 with her. But mm-hmm. the problem is that it's the third season in. You know that, like, I think you mentioned this last week. You know that the Abby-Ichabod relationship is core. Why are you, like, throwing this down our throats? Because with the other girl, it was very subtle. Like, they were friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with this, they're going very, like, full-on, like, flirty, whatever. And it's just very weird. Like, even though we don't care about Katrina, like, Katrina did just die in this time span, like a couple months ago. Like, it seems very, like, forced that you just want him to have, like, you know, the Betsy Ross character in the past and then the Zoe here to, like, remind us that Crane is a stud and can get Yeah, ladies. it's mm-hmm. too much, especially since he's so dorky. Like, it's way too much. It's so... <laughs> I want it to be... I mean, and he's completely unaware. I uh, Maybe he's not completely unaware. I think he knows what's happening, but still... <laughs> Well, they're playing it like he's unaware, which is why I think is it's even he, worse. Though? Because I feel like he knows what's going on with Zoe. He just he's just like embarrassed by it. Or he's something. being coy about he's it. Like coy. he's like my business. Yeah. Whatever. Like when Abby was like, "Who is this woman, and why is she texting you <laughs> twenty texts per hour?" I was like, mm, "Someone is not impressed by the Zoe chick." I right. wish they would play that up, but they're not. It's just. Yeah. Like, she'd never be to him what, like, he was doing when Daniel came up, like, acting like his peacock, like, just right. going on with her face. Like, she'd never right. be like, who are you? Right. And then he takes the stuff about her father and throws that in her face. And, like, that's it's not equal to what you're doing. I know, right? So petty. Like, what she know, Right? I'm like, oh, you're so rude. Damn. <laughs> Like, he didn't easily brought up Daniel, too. He's like, well, what about your relationship with your officer? Like, you have an equal person to be like, oh, what about this? But you're like, well, your sister doesn't know about your dad. dad." And it's like, oh, (laughs) It's like, calm down. It's damn. Damn. Um, But yeah, like, other cutesy moments I'm thinking of. Am I skipping too far toward the dent? Oh, when they're in the... Well, there's a lot going on in the car, so I don't want to talk about that yet. So let's just go to, I guess, the EMT stuff with Joe and, like, finding out. Yeah, so this is how the case opens. See, this is another instance where it's, like, Sleepy Hollow tells us things without showing us anything. So Mm -hmm. now Joe's an EMT, which actually, theoretically speaking, would be really awesome resource because when bodies show up, he would be one of the first people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So having that sort of like chain of like, yo, Abby, there's a dead body on the scene. And then like, you know, it was a little bit of teamwork. So him being there saying, hey, there's this, these kids in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. That was cool. I wish we got that a little sooner, but yeah. I'm, I'm happy that we're getting it now. He yeah. like he has a total, totally different skill set from everyone else in the group, which is why he works. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why. He's the healer. Mm-hmm. Sort, and that's yeah. cool for him to be like a male and be like the kind of like, he could be like the nurturing one, like the healer, the one who has that kind of care. And mm-hmm. I think that since he's dealt with like PTSD and that kind of stuff in his own way, like that gives him like all of these layers that certain other white dudes did not have when they came in, decided to <laughs> They call it time. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pandora is like trolling around the hospital talking to this little girl who's how does this bitch get access like well she's magic like people watching their children she, <laughs> she probably can like glimmer herself so that she appears to, Ooh, like I doesn't wish they appear would show that maybe budget doesn't allow them to show that but it'd be yeah. really cool if like we as the audience could see her uh-huh. but other but through other people's eyes she looks like someone else yeah but i liked um the fact like I think in this scene too, Jenny and Abby, of course, arrive and they're talking to this little, and I think Ichabod's there too, whatever. I don't really notice him in this scene. So (laughs) Jenny's talking to the little girl and saying that she was brave and, you know, telling her how hard it is to open up and that they're there to listen. I love that they related Abby and Jenny to the case without being totally like overt about it. Not that it would matter because the parallels are so nice. You know, it's interesting on, like, Crane having every single connection to a demon, for example. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that, like, Abby and Jenny were relating to these little girls in their own way. And it was, like, what I really wanted from, because I was rewatching it, and I was thinking, like, how much more powerful would it be if these girls had been girls of color, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with them being, like, two cute little white girls, but it's yeah. just, like... You know, that's kind of like the trademark of like the child that would get harassed. But like for it to other also be like two little girls of color, mm-hmm. they don't have to necessarily be black, but like Latina or Asian or Asian, something mm-hmm. else. So just to like, yeah. just to like, just to like show how wide this like demonic thing is in Sleepy Hollow that it affects everyone. Like to make right. that more of a thing mm-hmm. than just like the usual kind of kids. Right, yeah. because so far they're all their people that have been afflicted have all been white families. Like. A lot, yeah. Do we have any families families of color that have been? I wonder. It'll be Abby's. Like it'll be like the Grace Dickinson. Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, like in terms of the Sleepy Hollow population, it, it really has not been. Yeah, just Irving and Abby's family, really. Right. Yeah, they could bring in some other POC. I haven't seen. There haven't really been any Asian POC on the show, <laughs> like. In substantial roles, yeah. Since John Cho, I think. Mm. There's nothing like summer in the city. Someone in a rush, next to someone looking pretty. Excuse me, miss. I know it's not funny, but your perfume smells like your daddy's got money. While you slumming in the city in your fancy heels, you searching for an urchin who can give you ideals. Sir, you disgust me. Ah, so you disgust me. I'm a trust fund baby. You can trust me. I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. So many say that I'm intense or I'm insane. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. But um, there's some other good stuff with Abby, like reminiscing after the hospital. Like she calls into Daniel or whatever, and she's reminiscing with Jenny about their father, and she's like subtly inching it in in order to <laughs> test the waters to see if she should say something. Mm. Like she's being really clever here, and Jenny's kind of like. No, we, you know, we hate him, or like, I hate, I hate him, or he's a deadbeat, basically. Um, and I was just like, okay, guess I won't be bringing that up. 
And I love the whole conversation because Jenny goes like, I only hate him because you did. And you yeah. told me how terrible he was. Yes. Because like she didn't know who he was because she left when he left when she was like three years old. And I thought that was really important because it kind of shows the state of mind that's happened. Like Jenny has always had this image of their father geared by Abby. Mm-hmm. And now Abby's mm-hmm. idea of their father is changing. And she's trying again to try and kind of get Jenny to want to to know something about him now. Like Abby leads the team in that regard of who judges who in a right. lot of ways. Yeah, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And of course, meanwhile, Ichabod and kids, the best pairing <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, Ichabod. He was- like when he showed up in that classroom, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And Jenny started to record. I'm like, ah. Oh. When I probably would have done the same. He's like right. slapsticking for the little girl because she's just not smiling. She's just like, get out of here. Like in her. He was a little over the top. He was, but I feel like because he's with kids, it's different. Like if he were this way with adults, because I know a lot of people seemed annoyed by it, but I was like, he's trying to relate to kids though. And sometimes. Well, it's not just that because I feel like it's a combination of him, his usual ranting plus that scene, plus the scene in the classroom, plus the scene in the dentist's office, mm-hmm. it's starting to feel gimmicky. Like, it's too much. And, like, there, this, I didn't mind that scene specifically, but I feel like when you consider Ichabod as a character and then these sorts of scenes overall, he was, a little, he was just a little bit much this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see for that. For me. For me. It didn't bother me too much. I was just kind of like, oh, it's Crane being whatever himself. But I know I saw a lot of people were just like, oh, he's just, it's embarrassing. Because some people get like secondhand, secondhand embarrassment. embarrassment when they watch characters do things like this sometimes. So mm-hmm. so people were like, kind of like, oh, I, I hated watching that him just make a fool out of himself. And it was so embarrassing though. Like with the kid, he was just like, oh, there's a quarter behind your ear. <laughs> like he's like that awkward uncle. <laughs> At least you know he's going to try really hard with his and Abby's future children. Oh my God. And they're going to be so unimpressed. They're going to be like, dad, really? You're embarrassing everyone. Come on and dad jokes. Can you imagine? Oh my God. It's going to be great. It's all going to be stuff that they don't get unless he like inundates them with history. Oh, or his version, or his understanding of history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I did like that the tooth fairy is the monster. I like this twist on the tooth fairy because it's close to what fairy tales actually were like before they were Mm Disneyfied. I, but I hate that somehow Crane had another connection, an identical tragedy that nearly destroyed Betsy Ross. I was like, oh my god. Again, you know, I do have to say though, particularly with the mythology, this was pretty, this was pretty tight. Like, yeah, I think every decision that they made, you know, from the character design for the Tooth Fairy to how it relates to who's that guy, Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Mm-hmm. He was James actually silver. He was actually a dentist on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, to the use of silver, how like, the dentistry objects came together to make a gun, like. Even in the wild world of Sleepy Hollow, all of that made sense. I think it's the Tooth Fairy and this Tooth Fairy story was probably the first monster this season that we've met with whose character and mythology in the world of Sleepy Hollow actually made sense. Like, Mm -hmm. I I wasn't watching it like, "Mm, 
really? Like I was watching it like, oh, okay, all right, okay. And then with the silver and, then, mm-hmm, and the photo, okay, all right. Like I was like with them the whole time. Yeah. So I think that definitely made this episode really strong. Like the fact that I, I could follow them the whole way through it and not be pulled out because of like some random ridiculousness. Right. And I think they also made it look super scary. Like the scene where like the little boy is like, there's a monster in oh the my closet. God. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, I know exactly what that kid's talking about. Like it taps into that like childhood remembrance of like being afraid of like every little creaking sound. Mm -hmm. And then like when Saffron, the little girl's like, he's my dad, he's supposed to believe me. It really taps into like all of those little fears that you have a kid, like no one's listening to me, no one understands what I'm talking about. Am I crazy for thinking these things, you know? To do something bad. It was just, it was a very, and the, the, the way that they made the tooth fairy move, that yeah. was creepy as well. I was like, must we do it this way? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> but you know what's funny, though? I think in a previous episode, Sleepy Hollow was like, Ichabod was like, he was surprised that Paul Revere was a dentist in some past episode. And he was like, oh, that's the last person you'd want in your mouth. And now Revere has apparently manhandled him in the past. I guess you can, they're like retconning it a little bit, but it was just like a little annoying. I was like, oh, but I thought he didn't know. Now he has like personal knowledge that. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, they're trying so hard to, to work Betsy into the story, into the plot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the only characters they should be working this hard to accommodate are the freaking leads. Right. You know? And, And let me, go ahead. Sorry. I think they lose they sometimes like lose the details of what they've done before when they try to like work this character because she doesn't fit. And so mm-hmm. when she's trying to, it's awkward, you know? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I was like looking some stuff up about Betsy Ross before we started <laughs> because, because no, because at Comic-Con they were talking about like, oh, if you like think about Betsy Ross, this is old woman, like knitting the flag, blah, blah, blah. So I, so basically two minutes on the internet and I found out that, so at the time that she knitted the flag, Betsy Ross was 24, mm-hmm. so oh. she was not an old lady. Um, she'd already been married once when she was 21, and she gets married in 1777 right. to a completely other dude. And so where she finds time to like make up with Ichabod, don't know, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and she was raised Quaker, so all this titty show is just like not... I mean, so was so was Katrina apparently raised like as a Quaker, but at least they were more historically accurate with her costuming at first anyway. And it was like she was like in an aristocratic setting, like mm -hmm. which at least she was dressing up for that. Betsy's just hanging out. Yeah. (laughs) With her corset. Sexy Betsy. Sexy Betsy. Uh, Yeah, I just... I don't know, and then that that scene at the end, and I was just is just this going pur- is this purposely anachronistic? Like it must be, it must be her because acting, there's nothing about her it. acting, just her acting. <laughs> I just wonder. Oh my god! Like because it was so romance novel, like cheesy romance yeah. novel that I just could, I was like, okay, she's like you overthink things or whatever. Is, I was like, this has to be intentionally over the top because it's, if it's not, I'm like wondering about it. Because I know the director is a really good direct, I mean, cinematographer, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this has to be his choice. Yeah. It can't just be like, or the writing even. I was just like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, why didn't they leave it out and just have Crane hallucinating about someone but not telling the audience who? So yeah, that we it could. Was, that actually would have been funnier, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's just like, I think, I think it's just because like, she's a weak character. They have, like you said, they haven't integrated her into the story very well. She's just there to be like, oh, she also saw this thing. And then it's like, it brings up all these timeline questions. I'm just like, so you had this fling with Betsy Ross, but how far away was this from when you met and were with Katrina? It was like Mm -hmm. in the same timeline. Because it's like, so you were an adulterous asshole this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, no wonder she wanted to kill you. But it just makes no sense. It doesn't make Ichabod look any better because it just makes him look like, Betsy, I I don't, uh," it's it's just really, really silly. And then their whole thing about like, we're trying to like update Betsy Ross. Like you're not updating her. She was already a young woman who was in the middle of war trying to help the country she wanted to succeed. You don't have put her in like tight corsets and be like she's an action girl right it's like they're pro- they're projecting what they think of betsy ross onto the audience instead of like doing their research and just being like well she was actually pretty young and she did this and i mean we're gonna make her more interesting but we're not gonna take it too far it's like they're trying so hard and it's backfiring so much i just wish i they just would- don't think she's necessary like at all and she- i you could literally remove her from the seas that she's in and you wouldn't miss jack shit. You wouldn't. Right. And when they use her, it's like they are, they could be using other historical figures and they're just like focusing on this one, you know, except for like Paul Revere, bringing him in was nice. But like, at least he had relevance to the plot. She doesn't how, really. Yeah. Like how about actual sure. female spies from that time period, which we know yeah. there were. Like, mm-hmm. there was, and that woman who, like, was one of the women who, like, dressed up as a man and, like, you know, stuffed a cannon, like, did all that kind of stuff. Like, there were women who dressed up as men and fought in the war and did all that kind of stuff. Like, there's no reason you have to just take Betsy Ross and be like, okay, mm-hmm. you're the one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the stakeout scene. There's some great stuff in those two scenes. Oh, yeah. I like the cute little, you know, you mainline a lot of sugar for a guy who won't get his teeth cleaned. Like <laughs> the reference back to, at least that's consistent, that he's a sweet tooth. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess the Mill sisters like to set people up, which I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about this. Like with everyone but themselves, really? They don't <laughs> Well, the funny thing about that is that I just... I just wish it was something that, again, we weren't being told, but that we had actually seen them doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like, when Joe said that, I was just like, we have no idea what their relationship is. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Like... For between Joe and 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 Abby and how they interact when Ichabod's not around, we don't know. All of that shit is literally happening off screen, and I think it's ridiculous because everything that happens to Ichabod, we always see. Like we so rarely, like when you think about it, I feel like we so rarely have times where Ichabod's telling us about shit that he did that we didn't get a chance to see. So yeah, I, I kind of wish they would fix that. Well, at least we got Crane working with Joe. I asked for it, and I, we got it. Oh, yeah. And thanks, Sleepy Hollow. It's almost like you're listening, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> so the part about obs- obfuscating a working relationship with romantic feelings, do you think they're trying to draw parallels between Abby and Betsy, but doing an incredibly shitty job? Because she was like his nineteen, uh, he was like she was like his seventeen seventy six, uh, Abby Mills. <laughs> oh. I mean, I felt like they were trying to drop hints, but they're always dropping hints. Like they, like it's, it's this just like more of the same. From The Walking Dead, yeah. And it's just like, just do it. Like, just do it. Like, 
You know it's what the fans want. Mm-hmm. Why are you? Why? That's the whole thing that that bothers me about the like, will they or won't they? Like sometimes it works if they have good relationships in the interim. Yeah. Like if they wrote these female characters to be more than just a love interest for this, that, and the third. I would be okay with it. Like I, the reason why I don't dislike Daniel, besides him being a man of color, is that he has other roles to play in the show. Not yet, but I'm hoping that he will. Besides being an ex to Abby, mm-hmm. what is Betsy Ross doing when she's not around Ichabod? What it, What is Zoe doing? Like she's supposed to have a job and a career. Like what? What? Where is she doing that in? Mm-hmm. You know, right. The fact that they, and even with Katrina, it's like she couldn't do anything that she said that she could do on the tin. It's like can do magic, can't do it. <laughs> can't do and it. you, if you're gonna drag it out and have other love interests, have them be interesting or just stop doing it. around. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, precisely. So then we go to Abby and Jenny, or we're going back and forth between Abby and Jenny, and Abby's now telling Jenny that she found their dad, and Jenny already knowing makes so much sense. I know and it's funny because it was like when we recorded the episode previously we were talking about all the different you know how this makes sense for Abby to not say anything blah blah blah, and it still did like you know Mm -hmm. but then Jenny it never even occurred to us that Jenny would know already would know already and the fact that she did it was just like oh my god and then she does so much sense yeah and then she does what Abby has done which is not to contact him and the way that they're like talking about, you know, you're the one who hates him. Not I. I didn't know him. You said he ru- you he ruined her child, um, our childhood. So this is a case where Abby, I guess, again thought she was protecting Jenny, but it was the other way around. Yeah, I like that. I liked right. it a lot. Yeah, and I think I think the little bit of anger that you hear and. Jenny's voice is so, I mean, great acting as per usual. But I think it goes to show because Jenny never knew her father. So the only image of her father she has is what she gets from Abby. So there is this anger that she feels towards her father because of everything that Abby's told her. But I also feel like there might be an inkling of jealousy as well, just because she can't form any of these opinions on her own. So it's like when she finds their father, it's like he what she what to do about the situation isn't about personally what she wants to do it's about what abby what's best for abby in that Mm -hmm. situation yeah and so Mm -hmm. that's what ultimately like drives it forward and and so like she's like you know if you want to rekindle this you know relationship with your deadbeat dad like go ahead but like don't come crying back to me like yeah like wow she's really upset like (laughs) Mm -hmm. she's really upset and she and and it's interesting because I, I, when you see Abby's face after that exchange, it was like you could tell it did not even remotely occur to her that Jenny could know and that Jenny could feel the way that she feels about that. Right. Great acting. Yeah. So good. Great. So good. Um, I liked at the end, too, that they kind of wrapped it up and Jenny actually goes and apologizes and says that like, oh, yeah. she isn't solely responsible for the impression of their father, you know, mm-hmm. or like she, she shouldn't be blaming her. I mean, it's, I guess. Yeah. Cause like Abby grew up be feeling slighted. So I think Jenny was just, I don't know, having like, when you hear somebody talk bad about somebody else that you really care about, I mean, mm-hmm. when you hear somebody you really care about talks bad about somebody else, you like automatically hate them just because it they've hurt the person that you really love, mm-hmm. you know? 
So, I mean, I really like that ending with the sisters and they're like talking about how nothing can come between them or they shouldn't let anything come between them. Mm -hmm. That made me so happy. And I also was just happy they didn't drag out the whole Abby knows a secret that Jane doesn't know thing because on a, yes. on a worse production, this would be like, you know, five more episodes until it's like, right. oh my God, <laughs> you catch up this from me though, I can't believe, it would have been a whole like melodrama. But yes. it's like, kind of like, oh yeah, I already knew. And then like what came was so like organic because it, it made sense. Like Abby wouldn't want to keep that from Jenny because of all they've been through. Like it, they don't, don't want to ruin what they have. And I just thought that, mm-hmm. that, was, a, that was a good writing decision because I don't want to see them fight. Like when, like not to jump ahead, but the scene of the, when Jenny's talking to Saffron and Abby's in the hospital, and he's talking about like, we're going to have so many other memories with our sisters. I was just like, yes, that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. Oh, you know, in so many different ways, this was a pretty solid episode. Yeah, it was fun. It had a good monster, like, mm-hmm. compared to some of the previous episodes. The only thing that's kind of exhausting me right now is Pandora herself. Really? Like, well, she's a good actress and I like the setup for her, but I'm just kind of like, okay, but what's your plan? Like, we finally got a little bit of her backstory, like when she's talking to Abby in the hospital about like how her father beat her. Right. And made her lose all that. That was like, I was like, okay, where are we going? I'm just like, she'll lose, but then a flower will still bloom. She'll smile. And we saw a little bit of like snake face. But I'm just kind of, I'm wanting to pick this up a little bit more because how many episodes do we have this season again? Oh, I don't know. Because if it's like 13, 14, like it was last time, mm-hmm. you know, I want them to like spend, you can spend like a couple of episodes working on like building up your your big bad. But there comes a point where stuff has to sort of start coming together. Mm-hmm. Like with the Molik thing, like what made it so obnoxious? It just like, things just like, it just kept building. And it's like when it built up to wasn't that good. Right. Right. Like 18 right. episodes. So it's just like, you know, I know it's only been four episodes, but I kind of want to start understanding what Pandora's larger idea is yeah. like what's her larger end game who is she like because we know she's not the Greek Pandora and what is she to Abby as well because she does seem particularly it might just be my imagination but she does seem particularly interested in Abby and like why confide that piece of information to her in that state yeah, like maybe yeah. she has a sister. Like, there's, there's feel like there's something larger happening with her character that we just well, haven't the, gotten to the yet. The thing about their fathers, like the fact that she made a parallel between her father beating her and being abusive, and making these parallels between Abby's sustain for her father, because like when she mentioned Abby's father, her heart rate went up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's part of it. And she's also saying like, "You're different. You're not like the other ones." that I've seen and then she she calls him destroyers or she calls her a destroyer mm-hmm. so I mean I think we have some time it's only episode four right but I just yeah. hope the build-up the delivery is as good as the build-up yeah that's kind of the thing know. because I, I watch so many shows where the build-up lasts for like 
a really long time. Mm-hmm, then it yeah. all just sort of like just pops. It never really comes anything good. So I'm just, it hasn't done it yet, but I'm just concerned because I don't want it to be one of the things that's like every episode, we're just going to keep dealing with this tree and these flowers and this, you know, I want more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to sound greedy, but I'm just, I'm ready to start knowing more about Pandora. Well, no, I think that's a pretty valid point. And I think it's good that, and I do feel like this episode is probably the first episode that we got something substantial about who she is besides the shadowy figure running around wrecking havoc mm-hmm. i i what i do wonder like is abby going to hold on to this information that she received from pandora or is this going to become like a topic of discussion between her and jenny or her and um ichabod it's interesting she's also not the greek pandora she's like yeah. a sumerian version and so there's there's also this question about like her origins and so trying to figure out what her origins are plays into the mystery a little bit i kind of like that Mm -hmm. as opposed to like giving us everything all at once too because then the fans can kind of dig in and maybe have some guesses about where it's going to right i did like that scene in the hospital when crane is there and jenny are there i think i wanted to say that like i like that abby's i didn't not that i like that abby's hurt (laughs) but like it's important i think to show her being vulnerable just like because she's Mm -hmm. not in she's not indestructible you know like she can get hurt and it shows like people caring about her and i like that crane said that she's strong but it didn't have to do with like physical strength it's like a mental strength and Abby's like a fighter in more ways than one. I really like that scene where Jenny's also talking about her relationship with Abby through that little girl. Because that little girl feels guilty about what happened to her sister because she couldn't do anything. And now nobody believes her and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I, I just really like those little moments that were sprinkled in um, throughout the episode. And I especially love the hospital scene. Some people were like, Crane should have stayed longer. But I think, like, I didn't mind. To do what? To do what, though? Like, <laughs> is to he gonna watch over her. <laughs> right. <laughs> to watch over her like she watched over him, I guess. But I don't I don't really mind that. I'd rather it be Jenny because the episode's, like, called The Sisters Mills. So right, I think right. that it, it was meant to be Jenny so that she could... She wants to take care of her big sister, you know? Right. And I think that's that's a more important storyline and relationship for me at least than it is between like Ichabod and Abby like I love them but I love Jenny and Abby more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I so I don't really have a mm-hmm. problem with that at all I liked I liked the way it played out and I liked that he didn't I mean it's it's very crane to like not want to stay there and w- watch her in pain or whatever mm-hmm. and I mean he still had the mission to do so it wasn't like he could just stand vigil by her side Mm-hmm. The whole time, right? So I was, I wasn't mad at it. Oh, what about Jenny and Crane teaming up? That was pretty interesting because I feel like we haven't, we haven't had that in a while. Yeah, but at least we're getting it this time around, mm-hmm. and she's actually in the action, and like she knew stuff about um, silver being used in photography, and that's why the Bizu was showing up. So I like that they were <laughs> using Jenny. For a little moment to shy, but you know, ultimately at the end, it was Ichabod who was like, and then this, right? And then that, of course, this. <laughs> right? Like, of really course, can't, they can't chill out with this, can they? Well, he remembered that Aristotle code about the pieces, you know, are greater than their whole or whatever. Oh, right, 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 right. But Boo. yeah, oh. I mean. <laughs> 
like I said, I wanted to see, you know, the teens like interacting with different people and he got to interact with Joe and Abby was with Jenny and like all that good stuff was happening with the different teams. I don't know. I was going to say something else and I can't freaking remember what it was. Oh, I liked that little scene, by the way, where it's it's such a throwaway scene, but it was so good where Abby is on the phone and she's like getting pissed off because her FBI credentials aren't working. And she's like, I have greater reverence for for historical artifacts than you could ever know. And I was kind of <laughs> giggling to myself because I'm like, oh, she's probably talking about Crane. <laughs> like, and then he grabs the phone from her and puts up his stupid long finger. And then they're both like watching him and Jenny's kind of amused and Abby's pissed at first. And then she kind of cracks a smile because he's so ridiculous and he's just bullshitting on the phone. I really loved that. It was kind of like a light moment in all of this. I, there was a lot of fun in this episode to be had, mm -hmm. I think. I don't know. I was just I was talking to somebody yesterday who was saying that they don't really watch The Walking Dead because it's too depressing. And I was thinking about it and I was like, that that's kind of true. And I was like, one of the reasons I really like Sleepy Hollow is because as... I guess as serious as everything seems, like the apocalypse and everything, there are all these like great little moments that make it a lot of fun. And I think mm -hmm. this has been the first episode, I think, this season where it's been like really solid. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. And it helps that like the monster makes sense because last week with the, not last week, but the one with the whole like, here secret. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. I don't understand how yeah. this works. <laughs> Cause Crane's secret was kind of whack. Yeah. It wasn't a secret. It was like... <laughs> right? I was like, do they know how to... Why? Like, what? what is going on? Je I mean, I, Abby's... I almost did something I wasn't supposed to do. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> Abby's is the one that actually played off. I mean, mm -hmm. played out. Sorry. I think the problem out. is, like, they always have to have, like... It can be Ichabod and Abby, but I Ichabod can has to always be involved. Mm -hmm. and it's like, if you just took him out of the whole secret thing, like... Just have him just get sucked. Like, you know, just because it's a mad it's a mystical creature. Like, I'm sure it has ways to feed. Like, why couldn't yeah. it just be Abby's secret? Like, those mm -hmm. are the things that kind of like stick out to me because his was just so inconsequential. Mm -hmm. Or like how it be that like his secret be like that he was having an affair on his wife with Betsy Ross or something. <laughs> with <laughs> Betsy Ross. <laughs> not 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 just like, oh, I almost told on my buddies, but I almost did something wrong, but then I did it. Because I'm perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm the and even liberal white guy. And it's like, mm. in this episode, it's like the Paul Revere thing was interesting, but it could have just been any family. Like, it had to be, like, Betsy Ross specifically. Or he could have read about it. Like, he could have just read a historical document about it because he can't be there for everything. Right. But he, he has to be part of, like, the flashbacks or it's just not Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> maybe, he's an, maybe he's actually a clone and that's why he's everywhere. <laughs> I that one. He's in the Matrix. like. Know. He's totally a clone. That's what it was. That's what it is. Did you guys notice Pandora's face shift? Yes. Okay. No. What? The like snake face at the end, like where it gets her all like face green shift. and scaly. You didn't oh, see that? Oh. It's like really split second. Like her face kind of shifts and she looks kind of like a snake underneath. Oh. Okay. So people, so people now. I saw this theory. Somebody said that they think that she is. She's not Satan, but she's like. But Abby's. Eve and Ichabod's Adam like reborn or something what? and then she's like the snake Pandora's the snake and she's gonna tempt Eve tempt Abby oh because of the Pandora like thing I mean 
I I don't know much about Sumerian legends. I don't know how much how big of a role snakes are in there. I would assume slightly because of the environment it was it took place in. But if they're gonna go Sumerian, I'd rather it be in there because there are plenty of like too much Western mythology is exhausting sometimes. Like yeah, but Adam and gonna, Eve. Mm-hmm. Technically, I think Adam, yeah. yeah, I think Adam and Eve are also exist in different tellings and different cult. I mean, different um, mythologies too. Yeah, like, there are different I... origin. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're different Adam and Eve origins. So maybe they're kind of doing that. Ooh, Who knows? That would be better. Yeah. Who knows? What did you guys think? What did you give this episode? Or what would you give it? Um, definitely an eight. I think it's the best yeah. episode so far. I hope this is like an upward trend. Oh yeah, like it goes up from here. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I but agree. then, then again, this week is you know the bones <laughs> crossover. So we're not, gonna, like... we're, not gonna, we're not gonna count that episode. It's just after next week. <laughs> <laughs> the next next week is supposed to be about is is uh the Red Lady of Kirby, which I'm really excited about because it's written by a black woman who seems awesome. Okay. Oh yeah, so, I saw that. I'm yeah. excited. I just, I just hope that like they remember who the stars are. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like too many, too having too many lead actors in these kind of roles kind of like spoil things. Like, get rid of Betsy. You can keep Zach. If they're gonna make Daniel be a, be an actual lead, okay, but that needs to be it. Like, we can't have everyone coming in and just like taking the attention away from the Mill sisters and their conflict. Like, mm-hmm. have people yeah. that add to them, not detract. Yeah. Right. True. Crossing my fingers. And I guess that's it. Yeah. Right? Nothing else? Now we're supposed to say our closing statements, but it's like, Marissa's not here. (laughs) It's upsetting to stay there without her. I don't remember. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) That's what she says, right? (laughs) (laughs) I wish you could voice. You can find us everywhere, but particularly on Tumblr at Fat Pink Cast. Follow us on Twitter. Yes. On iTunes. On iTunes. Uh huh. Podbay, Stitcher, and all those other podcast places. (laughs) (laughs) Marissa, you must know. So, thanks. Thank you, Princess. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure, as always. And you'll be back next week, right? Yes. Okay, awesome. Cool. All right. So that's it. I'll leave you for the preview for next week's extravaganza two-hour event. Yay. Bye. Bye. Is there a cosplay competition going on? Do I look as though I have just beamed from the planet Vulcan? Next Thursday, prepare for the wildest crossover event of the season. It's Halloween. All bets are off. When Booth and Bones meet Abby and Crane. This could be a history-making discovery. What do you say we do this, Crane? Nice coat. Two genius teams. Ah! One killer Halloween crossover. we got to get them out of there. I've seen a lot like this before. Your way works, too. The two-hour Bones Sleepy Hollow Halloween crossover event. Next Thursday on Fox.